Peace be to you, brothers and sisters. Let's continue on in our series, God's Righteousness, a Great God, Amazing Salvation. Today, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Can believers overcome sin and be glorified? In Romans chapter 5 to 8, Paul used a positive perspective to explain justification by faith. What are the things that we can boast in after we've become saved? We can boast in the hope of the glory of God. We can boast in the grace that we receive in the midst of our trials. That we boast in God and the joy of uh, our joy can be found in God. That we can boast we are no longer longer sins are slaves to sin but but slave of righteousness but Romans chapter 7 tells us there are two laws that exist in us the, the first one is the law of God and the other is the law of sin our inner being wants to submit and obey the law of God but our physical body is submissive to the law of sin then what can you do? that's why Paul said what a wretched man I am who, can, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death but Paul didn't stop here he immediately followed up with this statement thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord but Paul didn't explain how through Christ we can overcome sin and the explanation can be found in chapter 8 we can divide chapter 8 into two parts because in the uh, first 13 verses, Paul here is uh, telling us the believer's secret to overcoming sin. And the secret can be found in living according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here, Paul comprehensively explained how we can overcome sin through Jesus Christ. The second part can be found in verses 14 to 39. And he tells us the ultimate goal of a believer's justification, which is glorification. And in verses 14 to 19, Paul here provides us a summary of justification by faith. Let's start. The first 13 verses. The believer's secret to overcoming sin. We need to live according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. In these 13 verses, here we can find a secret. The secret in overcoming sin. We are not dependent on ourselves, or on you and on me. But rather, we have to live according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Look at uh, chapter 8, verses 1 to 2. 
这款如今在基督耶稣里面呢，就无定罪咯。因为主生命圣灵的律，在耶稣基督里面投放了挂，何挂脱离了罪及死的律。There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. In these two verses, the phrase "in Christ Jesus" appeared twice. In Christ Jesus, we are no longer condemned for our sins. And in Christ Jesus, we have been set free. So, that's why we need to understand first what it means to be in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you remember what I've discussed. When we were talking about the book of Ephesians, I have explained what does it mean to be in Christ. In Ephesians 1.13, for and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. I believe this is the best explanation we can give. What does it mean to be in Christ? To have heard the truth, to believe in Christ, to be marked with a seal, the Holy Spirit. Those who are in Christ are people who knows clearly that they are saved. So, dear church, please remember. Salvation is the foundation for victory. Justification is the foundation for sanctification. A person who is not safe will never have victory over sin. Because they don't have that foundation. Why do we say that? Look at this uh, uh, picture. Here it talks, it talks about a force of gravity. We know that all of us who live here in this earth are subject to the law of gravity. That's why everything that we do not hold on to, it falls to the ground. Because there's gravity that pulls it down. But in this world, there's another kind of force. Look at this, uh, another force. It's called the updraft. It's quite amazing. When you're in that updraft, you will be lifted up. Look at this eagle. When an eagle flies, it's so simple, it just opens up its wings. But it needs to be in that updraft. It doesn't need to be like a sparrow that keeps flapping its wings. Because it flies in that I'll show you this a short video. Look at how a video. Uh, look at how the eagle flies. Look at its wings. It doesn't need to flap its wings. 
叫做飞翔起来。It's just gliding through the updraft。这就是真奇妙嘅一啲力量嘅。This is another amazing force。嗱，喺基督耶稣里面 ，In Christ Jesus， 咱就是咱就活喺呢个圣灵嘅呢个气流啊里面，圣灵嘅力量里面。We are like living in the updraft of the Holy Spirit。咱冇需要真苦真辛苦，家家去爬来爬去，爬来爬去。We don't have to work so hard nor to, to or flop our wings to just、uh, stay afloat。We cannot depend on ourselves to win over sin. We only need to live according to the leading of the spirit. Just like that eagle. As it spreads its wing, it'll just glide through the air. How do how do we put ourselves in that updraft? That's why we need to live according to the leading of the spirit. So how do we live in the, according to the leading of the spirit? Paul here shows us three very important principles. Number one. Number one. We need to follow the Holy Spirit. Look at chapter eight, verse three. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so He condemned sin in the flesh. This verse is the clearest. And most comprehensive explanation of salvation. Because we are weak in our flesh. And we are powerless to obey God's law. That's why God sent His own Son to this world. And he took on the form of a sinful flesh. And died on a cross for us. He became the sin offering. And because of his death, he has fulfilled all the requirement of of righteousness. We did not. We were not able to follow God's requirement of righteousness. It was Christ who did it for us. Look at verse four. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit, follow the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to follow the Holy Spirit? I've searched for different translation and there are three very good translations. One is to walk after. Walk according to, and another is to walk according to. And the third is to walk under. We need to walk under the, uh, the leading of the Spirit. The, the one that's closest to the original text is the third one. Walked under. Walk under. We are under the control of the Holy Spirit. So, dear church, please remember. The first secret in overcoming the law of sin is to live under the control of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? We need to understand what it means. What it means to be weak and what it means to be strong. For example, 
example. There are two persons who are quarreling. And there's this person who is shouting loudly, uh, castigating the other person. And for 10 minutes straight, he, he was nonstop just shouting and abusing the person verbally. And he spoke with a very loud voice. And there are, and there are a lot of body language involved. While the other person, he just, uh, he was remained silent. He silently listened. He did not respond even a word. Let me ask you, in, the, in this two person, which one of them is truly strong and which one of them is truly weak? Maybe, in the eyes of the world, this person who kept, who kept shouting is the one who's strong. Because he shouted and he started scolding for 10 minutes without stop. And there were a lot of body languages involved. And you find him to be strong. How about the other person who was being scolded? He, we look at him as somebody who's weak. Because he was being scolded for 10 minutes. And he did not respond, not even a word. We find him useless. And we, we say he's weak. But, but in the truth, it's truly the opposite. You know why? You know why? Because it's easy to, to shout and scold other people. Because to scold other people, to shout at other people, it's we're merely following our flesh. You don't need extra strength to do it. It comes out naturally. But, but not to respond in the midst of such a verbal onslaught that's not easy. That's because that's not our nature. There's extraordinary patience and strength that is needed for us to, to abstain from responding. So you understand. To be weak is to follow our flesh. To be strong is to follow the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to follow the Holy Spirit? It's to be uh, to allow ourselves to be controlled, our flesh to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is not easy. It's like when a husband and wife in the midst of their argument, you, you will find whose a spiritual life is better. The person who swallows his tongue and or his or her tongue and does not respond. Because yeah, that person is not following the flesh but following the lead of the Holy Spirit. The second to be led by the Holy Spirit is to set your mind on the Holy Spirit. If you are to look at Romans chapter 8 verses 5 to 8, I will not read it anymore. Here it compares a person who lives according to the flesh and a person who lives according to the Spirit. Look at this uh, comparison. There are four marked difference, differences between a person who's set on the flesh and who's, uh, another person whose mind is set on the spirit. 
The one is set on his flesh desires, the other is uh, on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, the mind that's governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, the mind governed by the spirit is in friendship with God. The mind governed by the flesh cannot please God. The mind governed by the spirit pleases God. We can see all these uh, marked differences between them. That's why we need to understand what it means to set our mind. There are two very good translations. It's to carefully consider. It means that uh, we gently and 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 uh, softly think for other people. It's hard to explain. For those who have been, uh, who other people have considered. From maybe from our spouse, our parents, our children, you would understand. For example, we who are husbands, when we go to the grocery grocery store to buy things with our wife, when, when we see our wife carrying a heavy load of groceries, a considerate person, a considerate husband, would go and carry the load for his wife. If you have not experienced this, then you would not know what it means to be considerate. But there's another translation here. It's the translation found in NIV. To set my own. To set your mind on. It's what you think of, the things you feel in your mind. We fill our minds with the things of the Holy Spirit. Maybe for us parents, it's easier for us to understand. You know, after I've become a father, and when the kids were still quite young, we didn't go out of the country. When my wife and I traveled abroad, we would buy, would like to buy souvenirs and gifts. We often will think what the kids would like. This, this is for my eldest daughter, this is for my son, this is for my youngest daughter. So when you consider other people, you would think about them. Maybe when we go out to buy food and we like the food, we would buy more because we want to share it with our kids. Because we have set our mind on them. This is what it truly means to be setting our minds on the Holy Spirit. It's to think and to remember of the uh, about the things of the Holy Spirit. The things that we fill our mind with are not things of the flesh or things of the Spirit. This world. But spiritual thing, things of heaven. 
尖眼地施照二十三则。In Proverbs 4:23， 这个尖真好为 reminder。A very good reminder。如果呢度保守呢个善，也嘅保守嘅啫。为什么？以上嘅果效是对善发出嚟啊。Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it。其实这个善我就是指祖孙呢个思想，呢个头壳啦。Here the heart it refers actually to the mind, the things that we think of。如果你碎了呢个思想啊 ，you have to be careful about your thoughts。因为你以上嘅果效是对呢个思想出嚟啊。Because everything that we do comes from our thoughts。我我我不觉得会会一个真真碎嘅一个 article 一个文章。I've seen a very nice article。你讲碎了呢个思想。因为查追你嘅行动，所以你呢个行动，因为查追你嘅习惯，所以你呢个习，所以你呢个习惯，因为查追你嘅偏激。Watch your thoughts for they become become your actions. Watch your actions for they become your habits. Watch your habits for they will become your character. 好，我我记住句。And I'd like to add one thing. 所以你呢个偏激，因为查追你嘅人生。Watch your character for it will become your life. 教会。Your church. 你嗱头家里面常常收到是纸。If your mind is set only on money, you should be. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. 即系无合理嘅，而且还翻嚟超多人嚟嘅摊子啊 ！Because if you set your minds and you obsessed over money, then you would be willing to、uh, to disregard the law and earning money. 知咩 ？Dear dear sister， 你啊头家想笑啊，都是爱衰啊，都是爱衰啊 ！If、uh, all you think about is vanity, your your own beautification， 你啊用也最时间也最金子为着你嘅衰啊 ！You use up a lot of time and a lot of your money to just beautify yourself。少年人啊 ，Young people。你嗱头家想说都是讲究性嘅代志。If all your your、uh, you're filling your mind with all the things about sex， 你就系搞阵时间，你嘅偷偷跨住嗰啲 pornography 嘅物件。You would surely engage in pornographic activities。兄弟啊，你嗱头家所说都是管都是 power authority。Your brothers, if all you think about is obtaining power and authority， 你就常常就受到去控制别人。You would think of ways to control other people。所以你嘅思想就就就将你一生嘅果效开始啦。And the, our thoughts will will be。Uh, will will produce the end result of our life. That's why our thoughts are faster than our actions. Even if we before we act out something, maybe we have lived it out in our minds several times already. That's why we need to set our mind on the Holy Spirit. Think about the things of the Holy Spirit. Think about the things of heaven. Don't set your mind on things of this world, things of the flesh. The third. What is the spirit inside you? From Romans chapter eight, verses nine to eleven. There's this very important word. To dwell. This dwell, this you look at. If you look at this word, dwell. It appeared three times. Let's read about it. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. This is the first time. The spirit of God dwells in you. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of the righteousness. 
If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Here it appeared twice. In these three verses, the word dwells appeared three times. To dwell doesn't mean it's a, a, who's, a guest who's temporarily residing there. To dwell means the master is there living uh, living permanently. The Holy Spirit wants to live permanently in us. That's why we have to allow the Holy Spirit to become the master of our life. Our eyes would only look at things the Holy Spirit wants us to look at. Uh, the Holy Spirit, will, uh, we will allow our ears to only listen to the things Holy Spirit wants us to listen to. And our mouth would speak only words that the Holy Spirit would allow us to speak. And our, the actions of our, the hands, the things that we do with our hands will be the things that the Holy Spirit will lead us to do. And our feet will bring us to places where the Holy Spirit will lead us to go. In the early church, these are, these are the things that exactly happened. Look at Acts Chapter 5, verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. God is spirit. God doesn't have eyes hands or feet. But through the hands of the apostles, God has performed a lot of miracles. This person we have to allow God to become the master of our life to dwell in our lives here Paul clearly had already clearly explained this he said it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me to be under the control of the spirit it means to, to sacrifice or to offer our bodies uh, to the control of the spirit. There's only one law uh, that allows us to overcome the, uh, the law of sin. It's to live under the, living, the leading of the Holy Spirit. To follow the Holy Spirit, to set your minds on the Holy Spirit, and to let the Holy Spirit dwell in you. And in verses 12 and 13, Paul made a conclusion for this part. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. May the Lord help us. We are no longer slaves to sin nor owe sin anything. We don't need to sin. We need to follow and obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here, Paul shows us the secret in overcoming sin. The next part, in verses 14 to 39, here, 
Paul makes a, a, a general conclusion of all the things that he said in the past. What is the ultimate goal, the final goal of a believer's justification? It's for each one of us to be glorified. This passage, there are three guarantees that Paul has given us. These are assurances that we will truly get glorification in the future. From verses 14 to 17, the Father's assurance. In verses 18 to 30, the Holy Spirit's assurance. And verses 31 to 39, the Son's assurance. The Trinity becomes our assurance. We will surely receive the glory that the Lord has set for us. The first, the, uh, the Father's assurance. What's the, this? What's he assuring us? That we will, because we will inherit the sonship from him. Look at verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's why we call him Abba Father. But uh, think about it. We are called children of God or sons of God. He, he didn't mention about daughters, but he mentioned sons of God. Here he's not looking, uh, he was not favoring men and looking down upon them. Because during the time of Paul, during the Roman Empire period, the, the women do not have any right uh, of inheritance from their parents. Only sons have a right to, the right to inheritance during that time. But Paul said, thanks be to God. All who are considered uh, believers of Christ, regardless of whether you're male or female, we are all considered as sons of God. We are the heirs of God. And we can inherit uh, God's uh, inheritance. Look at verse 17. Now, if we are children, then like, and then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. We thank God. Today we are children of God. And we are co-heirs with Christ for, from the inheritance of Christ. God. We will all enjoy with Christ the glory of God. Dear church, this is the assurance for all Christians. All of us will receive God's inheritance. We will receive His glory. This is the assurance that God Himself, the Father, has given us. Because we are His children. We are His uh, son. You know, whose son you are, the blessings that you receive are, are, will be different. 
比方讲啊，比方讲啦啊。For example， 你的老爸是香港第五级的人，李嘉诚啊。Your father may be the ah、uh, the wealthiest man in Hong Kong， 啊、uh, ，Mr. Li Kaxing。当你十八岁的时候呢 ？When you're eighteen years old， 这顶新的跑车可能就是你的 birthday gift。He'd probably give you this ah、uh, this race car as your birthday gift。因为你是个。Because you're his son。你是你是李嘉诚的个。You're the son of Li Kaxing。这个就是你的 birthday gift。This may be your birthday gift。啊，那当你结婚的时候呢 ？How about if you get married？ 哎，这个可能就是你的。叫做 wedding gift 啊！你看住我两面啦。Probably this will be your wedding gift。佢已经出生我哋啊。The whole house will be given to you。因为意思，因为你老爸是赌这个人啊。Because your father is Mr. So and So。其实咯。But in truth。那是物质啦。Not only material things。你睇你老爸什什什么关系人啊 ？What kind of a person your father may be？ 对你嘅人生我有真多影响，你夹剑仔啊。It truly impacts your life, and you probably don't know about it。你要做正解字喎。If you notice one thing。真最出名嘅医生 ，a lot of famous doctors， 亦惊你哦，常常就做医生。Their children becomes become doctors also。真最真出名嘅叫做 architects，a lot of famous architects。啊，真奇妙，亦见到哦，常常就做 architects。Amazingly， their children will become architects also。因为哦，一岁下我就是受这个老辈影响啦。Because from their early days as a child， they have been heavily influenced by their father。老辈做工业，老辈帮衬你。The father can bless。Them, the father can help them. So, you are your father's son. Who your father may be. Your result, your end,、uh, your the, the way your life will go will be different. Of course, we are not sons of Li Kaxing. Probably we are not sons of a very famous doctor. But it's okay. Because we are all sons of God. And we have been influenced by God. We have been blessed by God. That he has assured us of this spiritual inheritance in the future. All of us will have this glorified body. We have a new heaven and new earth. And we have the new Jerusalem. We have the tree of life, tree of uh, tree of uh, knowledge. River of life,、uh, river of life, rather. We thank God. This is the assurance that God the Father has given us. The second is the assurance of,、uh, from the Holy Spirit. From verses 18 to 30, how the Holy Spirit becomes our help in our times of suffering. Look at verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 嗱，保罗将咱忽然间多高高嘅现现实嘅世界里面 ，Paul suddenly brings us to the present times。咱将来呢度先啲先对先啲荣耀，将来嘅地址。Sure, the future will have will receive a new heaven and new earth. But but how now? Now? But how about now? 嗱，你呢个系个苦难嘅世界。We are living in a world that's full of suffering。世界系呢个犯罪以后，呢个焦灼里面啊。Because this world has been under curse because we sin。咱将来呢度将来啲荣耀，将来嘅地。Sure, we will receive glory, but it's in the future. But in the hengim, let's just meet the current situation. So in the present, how do we live and face this sinful world? Ah, this is our great promise. Here, this is very special assurance. Let's overcome this current situation. Let's do it. We can overcome the, this present sufferings because in the future we will receive that glory. Because the Holy Spirit will help us. In this passage, there's this a phrase or a word that appears three times. It's to groan. 
it's too grown. It's like we're sighing. The word appeared three times. The first in verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning up to the present time. Every creation, everything that's created are living under heavy load. That's why they're groaning. Not only human beings, including animals, probably insects, and they are all groaning. We often hear people say, it's such a hard life. It's hard to be a human being. Let me tell you. Not only is it hard to be or difficult to be a human being. If you can only understand how dogs speak. The dogs who also say to you, being a dog is hard. If you can listen to and understand how a cockroach will speak. A cockroach would even say to you, being a cockroach is hard. Because whenever I appear, people would just like to step on me. That's why it says the whole creation, everything that's created, lives under this curse. This is the first groaning, the first sighing. The second time, in verse 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Those who have the first fruits of the Spirit, who are these people? Christians. People who believe in Christ. Even though we believe in Christ, even though we are Christians, we still groan. Why? Yes, we are already saved. But our salvation is not yet complete. Because our bodies, our physical bodies has yet to be saved. That's why we face and we encounter a lot of difficulties. We get sick. We get uh, sad. We, we, uh, we lose our eyesight. That's why there are so many things we face. This physical body brings weakness and a lot of suffering. Let me ask you this question. Why is it that God allows us to remain in this uh, world of suffering? Imagine, uh, Just imagine. After we become Christians, what if we die or we just depart and we, we get translated to heaven? That we don't have to suffer anymore. Why is it that not all Christians would just go directly to heaven? Your church. I don't know how you think about this. But I believe there's a reason why God allows us to remain in this world of suffering. That's why we live in this world. For us to be, be able to experience God's love. For us to be able to express God's love. Because it's in the midst of our suffering that we will experience the love of God and the love of other people. 
think about it. When you're sick, when you're in the, on the hospital bed, how your wife would take care of you, or your children watching over you, or your husband watching over you. During this period of time, you would suddenly realize one thing. My spouse, my children, they truly love me. Because in the midst of my suffering, we will consider and we would realize their love the same way in the midst of this world of suffering when the comfort of the Lord is upon us when God's salvation is upon us we will see God's unlimited love in our, on our body. There are churches who have gone through the extreme spiritual side. There are churches who would uh, who discourage people from taking medicine. They, they, they just need to pray. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying this. Because it's truly like that. Because they believe if you're sick, you just pray you'll get healed will they get healed and they you say well I'm truly get, getting healed if you don't get healed why is it not why am I not getting healed because this person they will never experience what it truly means to be, to be suffering because they have not experienced suffering if you have a cold you pray you get healed if you have cancer you pray you get healed everything will get healed so when their uh, relatives uh, are, are suffering they will not be able to sympathize with what their other people are going through because they're living in a different kind of world. Of course, this will not be truly possible. God will not say yes to all our requests in life. Because God wants us to live in this world of suffering and, and, and we experience suffering so that we will truly know who God is. That's why we have to face our trials and sufferings. But we need not fear. Why don't we need uh, why don't we fear? Because there's this third groaning in verse 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans who's groaning for us. The Holy Spirit groans for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us. You know, there are times we are facing extremely difficulties. Extreme difficulties. And when the prayer items comes before us, we don't even know how to start praying. We don't know how to pray for it. We just say, Lord, and we sigh before the Lord. We don't know how to pray 
更讲出嚟啦。It's like the words fail will fail us on how to express what we feel. 而我耶稣哦 ，during that time， 是圣灵对你祈祷嘅时候。The Holy Spirit is the one praying for you. 圣灵在因你需要。The Holy Spirit knows our needs. 圣灵在一即系对方嘅需要。The Holy Spirit knows the need of the other person. 即系你嘅晒，即系系你嘅晒灵，将你嘅需要多高上帝嘅头颈啦。And he brings our sighs, our groans before the Lord. 圣灵帮着咱亚基即系短暂世界嘅苦难。The Holy Spirit will help us to overcome this temporal sufferings that we are experiencing. That we will be able to enter into the eternal glory of God. This is the assurance of the Holy Spirit. The last one is the assurance of the Son. What's this assurance? The son's great love that will never leave nor forsake us. If you are to look at verses thirty-one to thirty-six, here Paul raised up five questions. The first in verse thirty-one. If God is for us, who can be against us? This is a very a great and a great proclamation. If God is helping us, nobody can overcome us. No matter what kind of difficulties we face, if the Lord will help us, we will truly be victorious over this world. The second question. Since God did not spare His own Son and gave Him up for us all, will not will He not also freely give us all the things along with Him? The answer is yes. God will not withhold any good things from us. Because God loves us. He will give us everything. Because He has already given us His own Son. He will not withhold anything. The third question, verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's The answer is no one. Nobody can bring any charge against God's elect. Because God has already declared us as righteous. No condemnation. There's no, there's no longer any condemnation. Nobody can condemn us anymore. The fourth question, verse 34. Who then is the one who's who is condemned? The answer is no. Nobody can condemn us. Because uh, why? Because Christ already died for us. He had already lived for us. Christ died so that our sins can be taken away from us. He lived again. He is resurrected again so that we can live as righteous. The last question in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And Paul raised up seven things. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Seven means perfection. It means that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. 
Look at this. The first is trouble. And the last is sword. What does it mean? The hardship is the beginning. But it, it suddenly it escalates. It, it, it grows, uh, the difficulty grows up. And the last one is a sword. What does a sword represent? It represents death. Probably we can be killed. What does this mean? There are no difficulties, even death will separate us from the love of God. We thank God. Even when we reach the point that even death cannot separate us from the love of uh, Christ, then there's nothing that will separate us from the love of Christ. That's why he made this conclusion in verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. More than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We thank God. Last one. Look at verse 38 to 39. Paul here raised up 10 situations. Death, life, angels, demons, rulers, the present, the future, any power, height, death, anything else in all creation. Even all these 10 things will not be able to separate us from the love of Christ. And also represents perfection. Paul is saying to us there's absolutely nothing that will separate us from the love of Christ. This is the assurance from the Son. So dear church, as long as we remain in Christ in the, uh, this world there's no power there's no situation that will separate us from Christ because the triune God is our very assurance this is a very special gift God has given us your church this is the ultimate goal for our justi being justified by faith that we will receive his glory his eternal glory so remember this salvation is not just to, uh, to uh, prevent us from going to hell but it's for us to receive eternal glory this is a great blessing from the Lord we thank God let's pray Dear God and Heavenly Father, we approach your throne of grace with all humility, Lord, because our hearts is filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for all that you have done for us, Lord. We are not worthy of your love. We are not worthy of your salvation. In fact, we were your enemies, Lord, when you decided that you wanted to save us, Lord, by sending to us your Son. And not only are we saved, Lord, from eternal damnation in hell, Lord, but you have promised us your eter eternal glory. And you yourself, the Lord, our, our triune God is our assurance, Lord, that we will receive your glory in the future. That nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing that we will be facing or anything that we will be encountering in this world will ever separate us from you and from your love, Lord. May we trust you. 
May we rely on you. May we allow ourselves to be led by your Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, so that we can live a life that truly overcomes sin. We can live a life that truly honors you, a life that truly reflects your holiness and your righteousness to other people, Lord. May your glory be, may be, may they be seen in us, Lord, and may we truly glorify you with the way we live. Amen. This is our prayer with thanksgiving in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The first eight chapters of the book of Romans talks about justification by faith. Starting next week. In chapters 9, 10, and 11, it talks about the salvation of the Jewish people. It's a new topic. Let's look at it next week. It has something to do with our election. Let's ponder upon God's elect. Let's meet again next week. God bless.